some of the best work always comes with conflict. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that sacrifice just isn't your sacrifice, it's sacrificing things of others. There's always an opportunity cost when it comes to time. Kind of this balancing act that you have when it comes to success and family and even your personal life. And when I get back into that place, I feel like there's nothing that can stop me. Who says tech can't be human? What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. On episode two, you surprised me with a topic. Yep. It was all about legacy. And I think that what I want to surprise you with is a little bit along the same lines. It's not legacy exactly, but it's the things that you have to do to build a legacy. Mm -hmm. And not just the things that you have to do, but the outcome, the result. Uh, and I want to talk about paying the piper today. Mm -hmm. What does paying the piper mean to you? To me, paying the piper is reaping what you sow. It's basically the things that you put into the world. It's going to come back to you, whether it's good or bad. Yes, that's exactly what it is. I looked it up, also got the definition. And what the definition says is to bear the consequences of an action or activity that one has enjoyed. Mm. To bear the consequences of an action mm. or activity that one has enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of how life works. That's a lot of how success works. On a few episodes ago, I called you famous because everybody knows you on LinkedIn, especially in the cybersecurity space, but they don't know the consequences that you've had to experience, right. the hard times. So tell us a little bit about paying the piper and how it showed up in your career in cybersecurity. Yeah, I would say it's a few different things. I've had some really cool opportunities to travel around. I was a consultant for a while. And that takes you away from your family. It takes you away from your friends. It takes you away from doing other things. Sometimes you have to work and you're not able to take that vacation. You're not able to go to that family reunion because you're trying to do something incredible, doing something that someone else hasn't done before. And so sometimes there's a bit of push and pull when it comes to to that life. Let's go. Let's go a little deeper. Right. So you work in threat. You've worked in threat intelligence. Mm -hmm. You took your family from Atlanta to Maryland, to Maryland, to Atlanta, Atlanta, to California, <laughs> yep. California, to Texas. You, go, yep. you all have been all over the country. It's a lot of travel, <laughs> a lot of travel. But one thing that really stands out is Netflix, because mm -hmm. at that time, you know, we started to live together, especially while your family was transitioning to California from Atlanta. And that was the hardest that I've ever seen you work. And it's kind of continued on. And it's like, right. I'm sure some people wonder, how does this guy keep up with that pace? Mm -hmm. With every positive benefit, there's got to be some type of consequence. Maybe it's good sometimes, but sometimes the consequences aren't ideal. Mm -hmm. So what would you say were those consequences when you were at Netflix? The huge thing at Netflix was that I left my family in Atlanta, Georgia. I had two kids, mm -hmm. my wife, she was pregnant, and I had to leave them behind because my daughters had to finish school. My wife had her doctors there. And so to take the opportunity at Netflix, we had to make a decision. And the decision was for me to go ahead and get us set up, you know, get our apartment, get started at Netflix, see how things are. Can mm -hmm. we build a life there while they continue to operate in Atlanta? And that was a really hard time for me. It was almost like a deployment, like back in the military. 
So what was like those things that you had to give up? Like, I'm sure it was time, but like, what did that time mean to you? There's always an opportunity cost when it comes to time. When you're spending time doing one thing, you're not spending time doing another thing. There's like kind of this balancing act that you have when it comes to success and family and even your personal life. Mm -hmm. If you give everything to success, family life is going to pay the price. They're going to, they pay the piper in that instance. Mm. We look at the founders podcast and we listen to it all the time. And what they talk about is there are all these founders, these great titans of industry on their deathbed. They talk about, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids or I wish I would have spent more time with my spouse. And uh, I wish I would have invested more in my health because at the end of my life, I'm having all these health issues because I just, I push the throttle too hard. And I think that's something that people that are ambitious, they have to deal with, they have to understand, and they have to create that balance in their life. Yeah, and you got you to gotta push the gas a little bit, especially if you want to get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. One of the stories that came out of your time at Netflix was Icarus Balloon. Yeah, And I love this story because, one, it was awesome, and I think it is very fitting to paying the piper in your career. Mm -hmm. But, two, one of my best friends wrote it. You wrote it, and I was really inspired by that story so if you can, recount that story and tell the story. I, I would love to hear it again. Yeah, so Icarus Balloon, I wrote it as almost like a, a cartoon short because in my mind, the character and his family, and they lived in a cartoon town. Uh, it was this man who was just a normal man. You know, he, he had a family, he had two kids, a wife, everything is good and grand. Uh, but he's trying to do something great. He wants to create a balloon that will self-inflate and continue to grow without having to do anything. And one day, Eureka, he did it. He's able to create this balloon and starts to grow. And so he starts to get a little bit of notoriety. You know, the media starts coming to the house. Like, oh, wow, the balloon's still growing. He starts to get money. Things are going well. It gets so big that he has to take it outside because the confines of the house no longer would enable the balloon to grow. So he takes it outside and it just continues to grow and grow and grow until one day the wife is washing dishes and she looks outside and she notices that the man is out on a cliff with the balloon and the balloon's about to take flight. So his wife and his kids, they come out, they come, they try to grab him, they pull him by his pants. But in the mind of the man, he's, he's thinking like, I, I want this balloon to continue to grow, but my family is trying to keep me grounded. And he almost has to make this decision whether to let go of the balloon and be with his family or to hold on to the balloon and be taken away. Powerful. Powerful, powerful, powerful. I love it. It reminds me of you in a lot of ways, yeah. especially during that time, you know, you were starting to build this community, this following on all the social media platforms. You were building your career. Threat intelligence is going well. Your family's out in California, but I'm sure like working at Netflix is very demanding. Um, they expect the best of the best. Was this story written about you? Like, was this personal to your life? Absolutely. It was uh, an internal struggle that I have because your life is yours to kind of command and direct. You can say, oh, I want to head into no man's land. I want to go where someone has never gone before. And that will come at a cost. It could cost time and memories and relationships. But if you want to be the best thing that's ever happened since sliced bread and whatever it is that you're trying to do, there might have to be that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that sacrifice just isn't your sacrifice, it's sacrificing things of others. I could see in an alternate reality that if I would have just said, hey, you know what, 
I want to be the best threat until person that has ever lived. If I wanted to live that life, I would dedicate all my time. Any moment that I have free, I would dedicate towards my career, right. towards networking, sealing deals, speaking engagements, writing books. And that would have taken more time away from the kids and Jen. But if you want to have a balanced life, there's some that you'll have to let go. You'll have to let go a little bit of that balloon. And you'll have to stay grounded. You'll have to get those memories and, and make memories with your family. And I think that, in my opinion, and I, I'm not saying this to knock anyone that would choose to stay with the balloon, right. but in my opinion, a more fulfilled life is one of balance. We have some news to share with you, a member of the Hacker Valley Media family. As of 2023, we became a full-time independent cybersecurity media company, and we're committed to bringing you the most powerful, thought-provoking stories in the field of cybersecurity. And we learned we can't do it alone. We'd love to invite you to our exclusive Patreon community, where we host a monthly mastermind where you can meet like-minded individuals in the field of cybersecurity that are trying to be more creative and be the best version of themselves that they can be. We would love if you took a second and visited patreon.com forward slash Hacker Valley Studio, and we'll see you in the mastermind. You know, a lot of times when you hear about people's purpose, when you hear about people's legacy, it's their family. And when I look at someone like Steve Jobs, you hear more about the businesses that mm -hmm. they've built. You hear more about the technology that they've innovated. I wonder if it's, um, you know, personal to them, if they would say that their legacy is their family. How would you answer that question? Would you say your legacy is more so your family or would you say it's like the things that you do or the collective elements, not just the fam? I would say my legacy is going to be twofold. And I would say the majority has nothing to do with cybersecurity. I would say my legacy is going to be my kids. It's going to be the, the wisdom, the experiences, the, the knowledge that I bestow to them. And then they teach their kids and that continues to ripple down. But I would say my the other legacy, I have this almost like this strange philosophy that our actions create ripples mm -hmm. in the universe for longer than we can even imagine. People are going to forget my name long before the ripples of what I do stop moving. Because if you do a kind gesture to a stranger, they might do a kind gesture to someone else. Right. And then they might do a kind gesture to someone else. They might teach their kids, hey, I had this man, they did this thing, and I want you to be like that person as well. And then they might teach their kids. So I, I think about my, my father-in-law who just passed last year. The ripples of his actions, the, his life, his energy is going to ripple far beyond than I think any of us could really imagine. And so I think that that's a lot of people's legacy is the encounters and the experiences that we have with other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, along this uh, path, there's actions and actions lead to success. Actions sometimes lead to what we would call failure, which mm -hmm. is sometimes a hidden success. But along the way, no matter the action, I think there's always conflict. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love watching movies, why I love watching documentaries. Uh, one of the ones we were just talking about before we hit record was The Last Dance. Mm -hmm. And Michael Jordan, you know, even though he was the best player that has ever seen the game and many people's heroes, including mine, he had conflict Constant. in his Bulls era. They mm -hmm. were winning. They were still winning championships, but the management wasn't really appreciative. And I look at some of the best work always comes with conflict. Mm -hmm. I have a funny story to share. It's conflict that I've had in my life. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily what people would expect, but... 
when I got my first computer, I was 13 or 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had to beg my mom for this computer because she didn't want to buy it. My dad definitely didn't want her to buy it because it cost $700. Right. A lot of parents are not going to spend $700 on their 13, 14-year-old kid, especially mm -hmm. if it's a computer. Like, it's more for entertainment. They didn't see the opportunities for a career at that point. But right. I saw them. So I begged and begged. And my mom ultimately got it. The one thing I didn't think about, though, was having a desk. Mm. So in order for me to use the computer, I had to lay on my stomach. I had my screen out there, my keyboard. And I was just laying down on my computer. And that's how I, like started my journey into coding was on my stomach. Right. And it's funny to think about because like I still do that today. Like, you know, it's really? conditioned in me. So like sometimes those battle scars that you have like actually turn out to be like this nostalgic effect that could take you to a place that you were in the past mm -hmm. to help propel you in the future. So you still you just pop up on the on the couch and you just pop on the feet kicking and everything <laughs> feet fluttering my wife laughing like you yeah. really like to be on your your stomach on your laptop but I do it kind of takes me back it reminds me of my parents it reminds yeah. me of that grind that grit mm -hmm. and when I get back into that place I feel like there's nothing that can stop me because yeah. look at the scars I have them you can see right. them and I know that they're there and maybe I'll get more but I'll still reach the new heights that I want to reach. You can do that in front of me, man. You don't, you don't have to hide it. You don't have to go behind closed doors and get on your belly, man. I, I won't judge. What are, what, are your, what are some of your battle scars that you've had, like that conflict? I would say I stay in conflict. Uh, I'm excited by conflict. I love going into something new and sucking at it because I know that I'm going to get better. Everything from wrestling, jujitsu, trying new hobbies, speaking on stage. I like that feeling of like, ooh, this this hurts because that's where growth happens. When you feel that wince, mm -hmm. when you feel that discomfort, that's where growth ultimately happens. People, they start to find out more about themselves. They find out how much grit they have. They find out how much passion they have for other things. They find out things that they're interested in. I could sit in my house all day long with Jen, kicking back, watching movies, eating popcorn, having a good old time. But in those moments, I'm not necessarily growing in my career. Right. I might be bonding with my loved ones, but I'm not growing as a person per mm -hmm. se. But when you enter in that realm of discomfort and you're pushing into something that's unknown, that's where growth happens. What would you say is your last growth area where you had to really sit with it to get better at something that you wanted to do? Uh, leading Hacker Valley for, you know, the better part of four years. Uh, being able to not only help dictate the strategy in which we operate the company, but then continuing to do things that we've never done before, right? Mm -hmm. We were just a couple of podcasters and we were like, you know what? We're going to make a web series and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be like the shop. We had no business doing that show. Uh, I mean, but it, luckily we found the right people to help us. We had the right vision, the right idea, the creativity. We, mm -hmm. at this point, have been very practiced at doing things like interviews. And so that was a logical step in that process, but still something completely brand new. So all of this stuff, really new to me, really uncomfortable, but I love every second of it. What would you say is like that barrier for most people, maybe even yourself for getting through the conflict? Because I think when you look at someone starting a new diet, especially people trying to break into cybersecurity or technology, learning a new piece of tech, learning how to code, there's always opportunity, but there's something within them that makes them forget about all the things that they absolutely wanted. 
And, I mean, people say this all the time, but I wholeheartedly believe it is loving the process. Mm. Because a lot of folks focus on the end goal. They're like, oh, I want to do this great thing. They forget that there's a lot of work that goes between starting and getting to the destination. And sometimes it's better if you don't even look at the destination. You're like, I just want to do this thing until I'm better. I just want to continue to iterate and get better every single day. And then before you know it, you look up and like, whoa, compare myself to last year, two years ago, 10 years. This is a completely different person. And that's where greatness really comes in is being in love with that process. Michael Jordan, in love with the process. Right. He was able to push through. And in fact, a lot of his teammates didn't really even understand the mentality because he, I'm like, how, this guy isn't even having fun at this point. He's just working. Kobe Bryant, another one, really focused on the process. Like, I want to win. In order to win, I have to practice. He just wanted to practice. He wanted to get better. You would think that, oh, once I'm the greatest, I'm just going to lay back and relax. No, he continued to push until he retired. Greatness is a state. Like, you have it at one moment, it could be gone the next. And I love practice. I think I love practice more than anything. And practice is the only way that you get better, whether mm -hmm. you become the best or just good, yeah. maybe even proficient. You might not even be good. You might just be yeah. good enough to get a bad job done, but yeah. something that people will accept. But it's your best. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's your best, and you can get better. I wish I would have known this many years ago. I feel like I didn't know that you can get better until I was mid-20s. Mm -hmm. I, I started to realize not only could I get better with learning, I took some courses on how to be a faster reader, a better right. learner by Jim Quake, shout-outs to him, but also better athletically. Like I didn't mm -hmm. know that, started hitting the gym, building a protocol for myself. And one of the coolest things about the field that we work in, getting better, in my mind, is almost easy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot easier than getting better in other areas in life. Like. Mm -hmm learning a new subject in cybersecurity, you don't have to learn the whole domain. Right. You're learning application security. You're learning cloud security. Mm -hmm. What are the the things that you would recommend someone that feels a little stuck in their cyber career to do to get past the friction of practice, conflict, and the things that come with it? Some things just aren't for you. I mean, that's just the nature of life. Sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do, but there are some things that you're forcing yourself to do just because someone else told you to do it. Right. You might be in cybersecurity because someone said, hey, you can make a lot of money and, and you know they need cybersecurity practitioners. Maybe cybersecurity really isn't your bag. Maybe you should do something completely different. Maybe you are in cybersecurity and love it, but you're doing something on the policy side, but you really want to do security operations. The way to figure that out is to kind of dabble, right? We talk about the exist framework, which you know we created you know, a couple years ago during COVID, but it's that explore, immerse, study, translate, and transform. That exploration part, that very beginning, that's how you find the thing that you want to do. Because the thing that, even if you're not quote-unquote passionate, but you say, I'm going to continue to do this thing in perpetuity, those are the things that people become great in. Mm -hmm. Because if you're fighting tooth and nail to do it on a daily basis, it's going to be really hard for you to be great in that thing. It's like a marriage. Mm -hmm. I look at it as a decision. Like, mm -hmm. Figuring out what you want to do. Sometimes we get scatterbrained. Like you, you see something new and shiny. It's like, all right, I'm going to do that instead. Mm -hmm. You see something newer than that. Now you're doing that new thing instead of the original task at hand. Right. With being great at something, also with marriage, it's a commitment. It's mm -hmm. a decision. You wake up every day deciding I'm going to do this no matter what. Right. Maybe I'll enjoy it today. Maybe I won't, but I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. 100%. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> you, you just commit to something. 
and people have a hard time with commitment. Yeah. I mean, I've had a hard time with commitment. I think a lot of people do, whether you're talking about a person, because you look at the divorce rate, you know, today, I think it's still like 50% or something like that. Marriage is about like hanging in there in the good times and the bad. Mm -hmm. You look at social media, you go, oh, look at that great family and they're doing all these great things and they look like they're never sad or have any troubles. That's where that growth happens. When you're in the the trenches with your partner, you're going through all this different stuff. You're like, I, I don't know how we're going to pay rent or, oh, I don't know how we're going to afford this medical bill or I don't know how we're going to get through this uh, family drama. It's, that's where those bonds are formed. That's where you're like, hey, I've been to hell and back with this person. Mm -hmm. And that's where that commitment lies. That's what it's all about is to say, I do. I do. I do. I do. I'm going to do it. No matter what, whether it's your skills, your career, your relationships, I think that's the best thing you could do. 100%. We actually have a community for people to join. They're all like-minded people. They feel married to the process. They feel married to their goals, but also married to having that balance. It's a Discord community. You can find it by visiting hackervalley.com forward slash Discord. And with that, we'll see you on the next episode.